Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk Nation Radio, our guest is Grant Smith, whose latest and ninth book about the Israel lobby is called The Israel Lobby Enters State Government, Rise of the Virginia Israel Advisory Board. You can find it at virginia.israellobby.org. Smith is director of the nonprofit institute for research Middle Eastern policy. In 2014, Smith sued the Department of Defense in federal court and won release of a detailed report contracted in 1987 about the advanced state of Israel's nuclear weapons program. The Nation wrote about it in an article called It's Official. The Pentagon finally admitted that Israel has nuclear weapons too. And in 2015, Smith sued the CIA and won release of 131 pages of formerly classified information revealing its overseas agents obtained compelling evidence that Israel stole U.S. government-owned weapons-grade uranium in the 1960s to build its first atom bombs. Grant Smith, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thanks for having me on, David. So, lots to talk about. Let's start with this. What is the Israeli government doing in the Virginia state government? <laughs> well, it's a, it's an interesting story. Virginia is the only state in the United States that has, as part of its government, a an entity called the Virginia Israel Advisory Board that has been around since 1996, but now it's really ramped up its activities, uh, serving as a quasi-Israel Export Promotion Board. And this organization works extremely hard to bring in major and minor companies from Israel, like Sabra Hummus, Energix Renewable Resources, uh, Israeli military contractors, um, such as uh, the uh, bulletproof glass manufacturer uh, that uh, is called Orange Safety Glass, provide them with funding, provide them with state, county uh, grants and federal grants and military contracts and other contracts to get them up and running in the state. So it's a, it's a new development. And the reason the book is called The Israel Lobby Interstate Government is that in every other state, chambers of commerce trying to do this are kind of outsiders. But these guys sit down with everybody inside government to launch these projects. Yet they're outsiders in a certain peculiar sense in that they're actually representing a different country. Correct. <laughs> and it's there's, there's clearly a lot of interplay um, you know, one of the key contributions that Dove Hawk, the current executive director, mentions is that he knows everybody in the Israeli military establishment. He knows everybody because he was based in Israel for an extremely long time before coming uh, to Virginia uh, doing export promotion. And he worked in some of these outsider outfits uh, in which, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is trying to get state governments to do things. But now, absolutely, right in the center of things, bringing in Israeli defense contractors to public events in Fairfax, uh, trying to get things going uh, through uh, just a lot of state support and a lot of 
uh, lobbying and influence peddling. Uh, part of the background for this, Grant Smith, uh, for anybody who hasn't heard yet, is that the U.S. government uh, gives a wee little bit of money to the Israeli military in so-called aid that it's required to spend on weapons in the United States, correct? Right, correct. And, you know, you just called it a little bit, and I know you're joking about that, but, you know, as far as the publicly known U.S foreign assistance to Israel, it's reached now, if you adjust for inflation, and nobody ever does, but it's $282.4 billion. Up until recently, a fair amount of that was allowed to go to Israeli military contractors in Israel. Uh, But the Obama administration put some Buy American provisions into that $3.8 billion a year aid package to ostensibly make it more palatable to Americans who are concerned about jobs, blah, blah, blah. So now there's a migration of Israeli companies into Virginia to set up operations to get some of that U.S. money and preserve some of those relationships. And that's what Dove Hawk, the executive director of Viab, Uh, has stated that he wants to do. He calls it a billion dollars coming from Israel that we can now sort of reconstitute some of these companies uh, and make some acquisitions to get some of that money here in the U.S. But it is the biggest uh, historic foreign aid delivery uh, in U.S. history. It far exceeds what was done to rebuild Europe after World War II under the Marshall Plan. It's a big chunk of change. And we should be clear that these words like aid and defense are are commonly used, but uh, I don't necessarily <laughs> support their use with their standard, no. standard meaning in this context. Uh-huh. No, nor do I. I try to use the word military contractor. I try to use other more accurate language. <laughs> right. But if, if you use those other words, then you're not even communicating with uh, you know people who read these reports. They think you're talking about something else. But I agree with you entirely. And, and so, if an Israeli company comes into the state of Virginia and sets up business, in in, in some cases, as you've documented in your new book, uh, at the expense of Virginia businesses, uh, and gets uh, money that the United States gave to the Israeli military to be spent on U.S. weapons, uh, and it and it sets this up with the aid of Virginia state dollars, a Virginia state uh, agency, uh, mm-hmm. then this fulfills the that obligation that they're buying American then? Correct. Um, and you'll hear these companies, whether it's Energix, you know, it boasts to its different uh, um, partners that it's a Virginia company. Uh, it's not really because it rolls up to Energix uh, renewable resources in Tel Aviv, which is traded on the Tel Aviv stock market. Uh, Orin Safety Glass is an Israeli company, but, you know, of course, they've established an operation in Greensville County. Uh, we use that one as a highlight in the book into just how much and how many different types of Virginia funding it gets. It's gotten three different phases to build a facility to expand a facility, and then to purchase, and I put that in quotes, uh, the facility, and the remainder of the facility was still owned by the county. 
uh, almost three million dollars uh, that we know of, and it's uh, it's a huge, huge um, secret project in in most respects because the counties have an idea of how many checks they're writing to build that electrical infrastructure and to train employees for the plants and blah, uh, that sort of thing. But nobody else has ever tried to solicit from all of the different potential funding sources what the total figure was for this particular military contractor. So it's very below board. Um, There's not a lot of willingness to release this information to the public without engaging in the state sunshine law, which is I have to admit, one of the strongest state sunshine laws in terms of responsiveness that I've seen across this country. It's miles above the Federal Freedom of Information Act. But yes, uh, to answer your question, a lot of support, and it's purposely kept secret during the launch phase, and in many cases expansion phases, because I believe FIAB just doesn't want Virginians to know how much is being diverted into these projects. Yeah, so we don't know what what U.S. federal dollars are going to Israel or Egypt or elsewhere through secret uh, agencies funding, Uh, but we also don't know... Uh, at least I don't know what state dollar. I mean, there are U.S. states uh, that give all sorts of of free giveaways to military weapons companies, uh, and and here in the case of Virginia to Israeli weapons dealers, military companies. Uh, has anybody ever tried to figure out? I mean, the, the federal federal military spending is is upwards of a trillion when you look at every agency put together. Has anybody ever tried to figure out what U.S. states are putting in uh, to military? No. No, they haven't, and it's a real it's a real mind twister because you know Virginia has a lot of unique agencies like the Coalfield Redevelopment Agency, which is designed to help you know communities that used to have coal as their economic driver sort of uh, pivot away from that and do other things. So they'll loan you know give ten million dollar loans to different companies. Uh-huh. Uh, the other one is the Tobacco Region Opportunity Fund which I think the acronym is APT, the trough. But (laughs) most of these uh, companies profiled in the book, uh, like this military contractor or in safety glass, go back to the tobacco region opportunity fund for money constantly, as as have other uh, entities. So they're constantly feeding at the trough, and yet this is a pile of money that was supposed to be part of their tobacco liability settlement, supposed to go to smoking remediation-type programs, and yet here's an Israeli company and its many supporters negotiating quietly with the director of the trough to get sequential grants. And so it's very difficult, and nobody to my knowledge, has ever consolidated on a project-by-project basis how much each one of these is getting. And uh, the trough makes it very difficult to do that. They don't update their website with the individual grants like they're supposed to. There have been scandals over there that have been investigated and prosecuted, but they still are, are you know, passing out well over a billion dollars at this point to different uh, projects and extremely intransparent. Grant Smith, what other what other foreign nations have state boards within U.S. state governments? None that I can tell. Um, you know, it's not uncommon 
for a state to have an economic development authority, and these are the state entities that will try to lure in uh, Amazon or IBM or some other large company with tax uh, incentives and different incentives to get them to locate in their jurisdiction with the promise that maybe someday there'll be a net benefit because of the jobs and indirect taxes generated. Uh, And this is all a very big game. I don't know if you've read any of these analyses of how much fluff goes into claims about the economic development generated by a stadium or the Olympics, but all of these are very similar in terms of the packages. They'll claim these exorbitant job creation, and not not just regular jobs, but well-paying jobs with high salaries. Um, but they, when you drill down on them, there's very little tracking, and there's almost no real, uh, there's no real proof that any of it happens. But anyway, there are those sorts of things in nearly every state, but they're not tied to a particular foreign country. Right. So this is, again, uh, a major differentiation point that in Virginia, they have their Economic Development Authority, and they know almost nothing about what VIAB is up to, because VIAB considers itself to be in competition, not only with other Virginia companies, but in some cases any sort of coordinated economic development because, as they say in their meetings where they go into closed sessions, that they don't want to jeopardize state or federal funding. So they're very secretive. It's uh, They're very, themselves, they won't release anything via FOIA. If uh, you ask them for justification of their periodic claims of massive tax-based uh, boosting and jobs created, they will not answer how they come up with those figures, and they won't answer any FOIA questions. So uh, it's a it's a unique entity. I think if it's going to spread anywhere, uh, it would probably become a model in California and New York. Uh, but Virginia is a very key place to start, given the vast and massive amount of military contracting going on in that state. Yes, indeed. Uh, VIAB, again, is the Virginia-Israel Advisory Board, and the book is called The Israel Lobby Enters State Government Rise of the Virginia-Israel Advisory Board. We're speaking with the author, Grant Smith. Uh, Grant, a devil's advocate uh, might ask, what's wrong in a completely corrupt political ecosystem with spreading a bit of that corruption to Israel as a sort of 51st state? Uh, There was a Holocaust 75 years ago. There were fascists chanting about Jews here in Charlottesville three years ago. If we worry about corruption only when Israel gets in on it, aren't we a bunch of of anti-Semites? Yeah, I think that's, you know, a a question that can arise. And I have to concede that in sitting down with a Virginia legislator uh, at the end of last year, he was of the same mindset in that Virginia is an incredibly corrupt environment for this sort of thing. There is basically no limit on campaign contributions. Uh, there is no limit on campaign contributions to elect the local dog catcher coming in from over state lines. The you know cash flow into 
different committees for this or that assembly person are quite high. And so his point was, it's, you know, uh, he, he just almost apologized for not being shocked. <laughs> he said, this sort of thing is in terms of corruption. It's not, it's not going to be surprising anybody in this state. And, and he's right. Um, but I think the major concern here from a public policy and sort of clean government, transparent government uh, standpoint is that this is a new development that brings in traditionally outside forces into the middle of a government and in a way that preserves their intransparency, preserves the ability to call up big campaign contributions and bring them right into the delegation that's traveling overseas with the governor, which these uh, which they've done to boost uh, the governor's uh, willingness to sign memorandums of understanding and give away state resources. It's it's just a level that is so far beyond uh, anything that's been done for a foreign government that it is uh, noteworthy. So. You know, there's a lot of reflexive across the federal government, reflexive deference to Israel, and almost no discussion of real facts and whether all of these claims that uh, this is the U.S.'s unsinkable aircraft carrier in the Middle East are true or not. There's there's a fact-free discussion already at the federal level on most things concerning Israel and, and the aid package, but... This represents, I would say, a dangerous new development in which you've taken a lobbying entity that in all of its forms across every other state exists outside government and put it right inside government. And it's very difficult to see anything similar to it for an industry or for uh, certainly any other country occurring. Uh, We haven't found any, and I think it's a notable uh, increase in the level of intransparency and corruption in Virginia. It, it seems to me that all of that would be true and significant and worrying, even if we were talking about Bermuda or Iceland, but we're talking about an apartheid state engaged in brutally illegal occupations and wars that urges on and influences the United States toward greater militarism and horrendous catastrophic wars. Uh, News right now about trying to put Israeli missiles into Iraq, for God's sake. Uh, Isn't it it particularly troubling because of the role Israel plays in the world? I think that is a major consideration. Um, if it were apartheid South Africa setting up a network of, you know, uh, companies across any state back in the 70s or 80s, I think people would have stood up and opposed that. Um, and I think the other worrying thing is the incentives become terrible. Um, they're already bad enough. I mean, we already know that you know Boeing and Lockheed Martin and all of these huge military contractors have a lot of incentives to help uh, precipitate the next major conflict in a particular region. Well, now we have even more of a tinderbox situation where an orange safety glass is not going to be successful 
up-armoring Humvees and you know, AMRAPs unless there's a war that requires a lot of boots on the ground. And so the incentives are terrible. The questions that you raised are also real in another sense. Um, a lot of these manufactured goods and service exporting uh, companies that are setting up shop in Virginia are essentially funding uh, operations in the occupied Golan Heights, operations in the West Bank, and they raise real neutrality act questions. One of the oldest laws on the books is that you can't have entities operating in the United States that are fomenting any sort of displacement or acts of war against peoples, not even countries, but peoples with which the U.S. is at peace. And yet if you have an Energix, uh, this renewable energy company that is involved, that's been U.N.-designated as a Category G uh, UNHCR violator of human rights, and yet it's setting up uh, $500 million worth of utility-scale solar energy projects in Virginia, uh, what happens when they begin sending revenues back to Israel to build out their Metairum West Bank solar field, uh, expand it? Is that not, given the consequences it holds for the residents, of that territory and the displacement. Is that not a Neutrality Act violation? So there are all sorts of uniquely Israel-centric questions that arise from VIAB and from some of the secret projects it's been working on. Is it not also illegal, uh, as you note in your book, uh, to give weapons to a nation that lies about its nuclear weapons? Uh, It is. It's one of these big asterisks that appears alongside, in the minds of legislators anyway, and presidents, uh, that somehow Israel is exempt from the Arms Export Control Act and the Symington and Glenn amendments to that act, which say that the U.S. cannot send foreign aid to any nation that's a non-signatory of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, which Israel is not but that has a nuclear weapons program, which Israel does. So technically, and this was, you know, the subject of an entire lawsuit that we filed, uh, technically no president is supposed to be able to sign uh, off on any foreign aid bill that delivers funds to Israel because of that violation. And, you know, even the CIA has already released under FOIA information that it believes Israel is a nuclear weapons state. So you have this huge conflict between the law that's on the books, in this case, uh, the Arabs Export Control Act, and what presidents and legislatures actually do. The legislature passed the Arabs Export Control Act. It passed the Symington and Glenn Amendments to the Foreign Assistance Act, which are now in the Arms Export Control Act, but they don't enforce them. They don't pressure for their uh, adherence. And presidents, basically under a lot of pressure from the lobby, which was documented in a New Yorker article, have been asked at the beginning of every administration to sign secret letters stating that they basically won't enforce any of those laws or pressure Israel on the NPT. 
So this, so this, this is a huge story, and this development in Virginia of a Virginia Israel Advisory Board is new and shocking. Uh, no matter what you think of Israel or advisory boards, it's it Correct. ought to be a big news story. What has been the response of the corporate uh, media in Virginia and nationally? Uh, I got to tell you that there's been. I mean, if you drop a pin, you'll hear the the pin hit the ground. Uh, you know, it's the silence out there. And, you know, the books have been provided free of charge to the Washington Post, the New York Times, to major Virginia outlets, and none of them have deigned to write a single word about this. Um, what I've noticed, though, is that shortly after sending copies of the book to the Washington Post, they had some a series of articles highlighting uh, energics and solar energy, calling it a no-brainer. And so, <laughs> you know, from my standpoint, there's, they're kind of, they've got their cheerleading pom-poms up, and they're not really willing to report on this. I mean, this is tough reporting. The facts are irrefutable. All the FOIA documents are online. Uh, all the statements of VIAB officials when they thought they were speaking in private or in the book, uh, but nobody wants to deal with this. Um, and kind of looking at this question for the past 20 years, I think I understand why. There's a lot of pushback when you report this kind of thing. Pushback from who? Why? How? Well, the lobby has an entire contingent of watchdog groups like Flame, Facts and Logic about the Middle East, and Honest Reporting. And if you're a smaller outlet, what they've done in the past is they'll put together a form called an advertising cancellation form and send it to all your advertisers because you had the temerity to speak poorly of Israel or the actions of its lobby. And National Public Radio and affiliates of NPR have undergone these sorts of attacks and been dragged out uh, into you know, battles they don't want to have between donors and their audience by various watchdog groups, and they're still extremely well-funded. So in one of my books, Big Age Thrill, we have an entire compendium of how much in revenue these organizations receive and the kinds of activities they engage in. But they have an extremely, uh, you know, deterrence-based, strategy, which has been working for years on U.S. media. U.S. media is very reluctant to report on these types of stories. We've been speaking with Grant Smith about his latest book, uh, The Israel Lobby Enters State Government Rise of the Virginia Israel Advisory Board, which you can find at virginia.israellobby.org. Grant Smith, how else can people keep up with you and learn more about what you're doing and get involved? Sure. Uh, well, you can go to the irmep.org website, and you can sign up for our periodic emails. Uh, you get information about our annual conference that we do at the National Press Club, or at least we've done it. Uh, hopefully we'll still be able to do it next year. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube. You know, this latest book is at a free as a YouTube uh, file that you can listen to. It's on Audible. All of these books are also on Amazon if you like hard copy. So I'd encourage people to sign up for our Twitter feed, IRMEP, 
or at IRMEP, and also just sign up for that email list. Those are great ways to stay in touch. And if you can find them somewhere other than Amazon, so much the better as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on that as well. I agree. <laughs> Grant Smith, I, we could go on for hours. Thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thanks, David. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.